d'accord. Et un, deux, trois. Bienvenue à Les Intrinsic Podcast. My name is Juan. And I'm Omar. And welcome back for, for my non-French-speaking audience out there. Welcome <laughs> back to the Intrinsic Podcast. We're really happy to be with you today. And we're going to start today just giving a little bit of an update about the podcast. So far, we've been centered around mental health, and we fully intend to continue discussing that. But we are doing a little bit of a rebranding, and are going to be more so centered around self-improvement. Of course, self-improvement involves an enormous amount of mental health. So like I said, we'll continue discussing aspects of mental health. But we primarily wanted to do this to expand our view and really be able to discuss other topics that aren't necessarily directly related to mental health and that may be indirectly related to mental health. So we're going to be doing this rebranding, but we will figure it out and keep it going good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it basically gives us the opportunity to uh, branch out to more topics uh, with you guys listening to us and, you know, hopefully get to uh, connect with different sides of uh, different topics uh, so it's not so necessarily focused through mental health, although mental health is still very much important to us. Um, we're just taking a different route uh, to bring you guys better uh, content for you guys. Yeah, definitely. I was discussing with Omar before recording, and this rebranding really came about just, like I said, trying to widen our view. But mental health is going to stay a major part of this because I was saying, if we go get something in now, if we go get some food, the main thing we're going to be talking about is like, hey, how you doing, dude? You know, how's, yeah. how's it going? Yeah. You know, how's work going? Are you stressed? Like, what's going on? Just because we're all, we're both of us are very focused on growth number one and i guess another way to say that would be self-improvement yeah yeah absolutely i agree so yeah just wanted to give that a little bit of an update small rebranding not a major change don't be startled <laughs> don't be started and without further ado we'll get on to our first topic which will be awareness and denial or awareness and or denial yeah so we're going to be talking about three steps uh that i've kind of lived by We've discussed this uh, previously before. Um, three steps when you want to change anything or improve something within your life. It's the three main steps. It's kind of like a guideline that I've used, uh, that I've lived by, and we're now integrating it into the podcast. Yep. Um, so, you know, the first step, of course, is bringing awareness to the issue, to the problem, to the situation that is either causing you harm, causing you difficulty or is just outright not working out for you. Um, and, of course, with that awareness, you have to make sure that you are not in denial, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because as I've experienced with myself, I tend to want to deny that anything is wrong. Because yeah. if you, in my mind, it's like, if I can deny this issue for a long enough time, then it might not exist, right? But in a sense, you're lying to yourself. You're cheating yourself out of that growth that you owe to yourself, right? Right, right yeah, so... We're going to start with, like I said, awareness and denial, move on to confrontation, and then finish up with discipline, which would be, like you said, the kind of three steps towards really, I think, achieving any sort of significant change in your life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we wanted to say awareness and denial and not just denial or awareness because right, you can be aware, and that is the first step. It's like the yin and the yang. They go together. Right, exactly. You can be aware, and that's the first step. But you could also be aware and in denial, mm-hmm. which 
really is kind of taking one step forward, two steps back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, so awareness is something in particular. Like all these are things that both Omar and I live by. But for me in particular, I really try to focus on awareness. I'm constantly trying to reflect upon myself and keep myself in check. I think friends and family can play a role in keeping you in check, mm-hmm. and they should. But ultimately, you should be your number one critic, and you should be the main person that's always thinking about, all right, like, who am I right now? Who do I want to be? Okay, what do I have to be to get to that position? And so that's what awareness really uh, signifies for me. Yeah, it's like in a form of keeping yourself accountable, right? Yeah, exactly. Making sure that when you look in the mirror, you're being 100% honest with yourself and not being false or attempting to carry yourself differently than uh, according to what you've been doing or what you've been saying with other people, right? Um, Yeah, I mean, like I was saying, denial, I think, is for me slightly more important just because that's what I've had be, be a bigger challenge for me in my experience. Um, I mean, I, I would just love to deny things because like I said, if you don't accept it, then it's not true. You keep denying it. Hopefully it'll go away. But, uh, obviously over time I've realized that that's the complete opposite of what I should have been doing. And once I let go of, of that denial and, and I try to seek the truth for myself, that's when I became aware. And that's where the awareness came about, um, to the point where I can no longer look away from it. If anything, that's the only thing I could think of, right? Because it's yeah. it's that first step to trying to make an improvement and you continue thinking about it. And eventually you get to a point where it's like you're almost guilt tripping yourself. Like you know that you now know that with that newfound knowledge, you can't go anywhere. You can't think about anything else. Like that's the only thing on your mind. Yeah. And I'll, I'll go ahead and ask you this question. Where do you think that denial comes from? Do you think it's, I know a lot of people are scared, so they deny things. Yeah. A lot of times it's shame. What do you think? Is there sort of one word, one sort of thing that denial is really like at the source of? I think there's, I mean, it probably depends per person. Um, It probably has to do with, uh, at least from my point of view, it probably has to do with comfort, right? Yeah. People that seek that constant comfort and always being laid back and not having to, to strain themselves for any reason, they seek that comfort. So denial, in a sense, is a, is a form of comfort, right? Because it basically means you don't have to go out of your way. It means you don't have to change. It means that you don't have to do anything, really. You, yeah. you, you continue to deny it, then, yeah, I mean, why change anything, right? Yeah, you can really just stay within your comfort zone. Yeah, but, I mean, like I said, at the time, I was seeking comfort for the wrong reason, right? Like, right. now, what I interpret as, as comfort or comfortable means completely something else than what I used to uh, define it as. But yeah, at the time it was, it was to be lazy, you know, to not seek action, to just do as least work as possible and be able to just sit back. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, what, what about for you? For me, it's hard to say because for me, I try to focus more on the awareness side. Yeah. The denial doesn't play a major part in my life because I'm someone who's pretty critical of myself Mm -hmm. and tries to hold myself and I try to hold myself accountable. And so for me, as long as I'm aware, I know that I'm going to get to work and and try to do something. I haven't really ever had trouble with denial 
ever since I started thinking about like mental health and being conscious of who I am because it just, it just eats me up and it, it's always eating me up when I do something, when I did something, when I'm not being myself. Mm-hmm. I personally just can't deny that. I can't look at myself in the mirror and be like, no, you're, you're fine. You're fine there. What they said was a lie. Like you're, you're fine because it just, it just, the first times that I, the first couple of times that I ever tried to do that just started eating me up. And so ever since then, I've just been like, no, you know, whatever it is, I'm actually now like wanting to find out and wanting to find out as quickly as possible Yeah. so that I can fix it as quickly as possible and, and try to move on. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I mean, like we've talked about before, I mean, we've we've known each other for a while, so we've seen each other's growth. And it's a, I think it's a blessing to be able to see people that you care about come a long way, you know, from where they start off when you met them to where they are now and, and how they continue to change and, and evolve, you know. I really get my kicks out of that when I see people that I've known for a while. I'm like, oh, what they what, what are they doing with themselves? You know, not, not so much like, Oh, what's their career like? What what are they doing for a job? It's like, where is their mental health at now? Where do they stand uh, in regards to their own health, and how are they taking care of themselves? You know, because right. it it gives you kind of like a, a peace of mind when you know, like, oh, he's doing well for himself. He's actually taking care of himself. You know, yeah. he's putting his own health first. You know, that's his priority. Like, that's great. You know, definitely. Um, and I was gonna say, denial. I feel like also comes in like a lot of different uh, forms. You know, like. It can, of course, be, you know, just not wanting to accept something. Um, but a lot of times it can come through doing the wrong thing, right? It's like if a certain situation revolving around um, mental health, let's say, for example, requires only one solution, but you do the complete other, you, you seek another solution to not have to do that specific thing, right? So yeah. it's like... Problem A needs solution A, but you go and seek solution B, right? That's, in a sense, another form of denial, right? Because you're still not focusing mm. on the issue on hand, right? Because I, I, I think that's more so what I would do is trying to find different solutions that just outright wouldn't really apply. But as long as I kept myself distracted long enough, I felt like I was doing something towards it, although it was something, something else that didn't necessarily apply, right? So some indirect action yeah. to kind of put your mind a little bit at least at ease and say, well, I'm doing this thing, so I should be fine for now. Yeah, it's like if you want to lose weight and you know that you shouldn't be like eating fast food and you know that you should be working out, then you're like, well, I'm just going to go work today because I'm going to be active. It's like, well, yeah, but you work anyways. Right. Right. You know, it's yeah. like it's something like that, right? It's like somewhat of an excuse, but also something. It's like, yeah, it's a solution, but to the wrong problem. It doesn't necessarily apply. Yeah, I see your point. Um, yeah. That that actually plays well since the fact that you've kind of dealt a little bit more with denial and I've kind of dealt a little bit more with awareness. So yeah. how would you, how do you say, how would you approach kind of getting out of that denial phase? How, how do you break through you know, someone telling you, hey, like uh, multiple people telling you, hey, you need to improve this in yourself. You're, you're not going the right direction and you say, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Yeah. You just keep going. So how how do you how do you break through really? Well, I mean, first off, no matter what we, we do in life, you can't do it alone. You always need assistance, you always need help and you need support. Um Amen to that. Hell yeah. Um and for me, it wasn't until I really started speaking out about 
the things that I was doing wrong or the issues that I had with other people that I was actually able to evaluate myself and then reevaluate myself afterwards after discussing it with more people to then become more aware of the situation at hand. Um, because in our own heads, you know, at least at the time I, I wasn't, I wasn't able, I wasn't capable to really get that inner strength to call myself out on all my issues, all my problems. I was more so just trying to cover the bases. Like, no, 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 this is okay. Like you'll, you're working towards it, you know, like you'll be fine. Um, but it wasn't until I would get a second opinion that I was able to really build my awareness and be like, oh shit, like I actually do need to work more towards this or, or this other thing needs a little bit more work. And within that process, it was also really important to be able to accept, um, the, uh, other people's opinions, like the, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, their perspectives. Like, yeah. Like other people's perspectives, like not taking it personal, mm, you like know, their criticism. Yeah. Criticism. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the time I was so, I was so low in my life and I was so weak minded that it would be possible for certain comments, not all, but certain comments to just really hit you in a certain direction. You're just like, oof, you know? Yeah. Um, but through that process, you know, I was able to build myself up along with the help of others to no longer have that be so much of an issue. So I could really, really focus on the words that were being shared with me on hand as compared to thinking, wow, why would this asshole say this about me? Like, does he really think that about me? Does he think I'm like that worse of a person or, you know? Yeah. So to reflect in any criticism back towards that person. Yeah. Yeah. It's like your ego gets in, in place and it's like, hey, buddy, I just gave you like a gold piece of advice and you're over here thinking as to like, why do I think I should give you this advice? Or like, you know, it's like you're, you're not focusing on the topic at hand, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that would be like, I would, I would say my first step to getting there is really just speaking about it with people that you trust, right? But speaking about it so that you can kind of hear yourself talking about it out loud because we think a lot of things throughout the day but once you voice it out it's like now you have to take action right yeah it's one thing to think about something but when it's no longer a thought and it's been said especially to somebody else now there's accountability there um and that's Mm -hmm. what's helped me uh to get past the first step is keeping yourself accountable and in a sense creating like a, a a foundation right it's like okay from here on forward whatever i say i have to do Anything from today on forward, I have to do, no matter what it is that I say. And then when you speak with your friends, like, hey, have you been working on that? It's like, uh, no, I haven't. And then it's like, okay, what's going on, right? Right. But, yeah, I would say that's kind of how I've gone about it. But, like, say for you, for example, you haven't struggled necessarily with denial. You've been more focused around awareness. Right. Was there ever anything in your journey that you would say created like a barrier or didn't necessarily permit you to get instantly to that awareness? Was there like things that would limit your, your ability to build that awareness? Yeah, absolutely. I think as with anyone, a percentage of that, a portion of that was insecurities. Okay. Just not really allowing myself to think and be someone else. In my second year of college, I believe, is when, well, first and second year, I was studying a specific topic, and I've talked about this. I I sort of painted myself into a corner as this is who I am. 
Mm-hmm. And by saying and kind of making it in stone, this is the person I am, this is what I want to do, it didn't allow me to be aware of other things that I also wanted to be, but that I couldn't really see because they were outside of this image I had of who I wanted to be Okay. in that moment, which was, I guess in, in a sense, it was really a self-imposed barrier because it wasn't anyone really trying to make me not aware. It was just myself viewing myself in a certain type of way and being too strict about how I viewed myself. Mm. And so after exploring, after traveling a bit, I broke through this barrier and really just started seeing, started reflecting every day. It's funny because ever since high school, I would, it's a bit personal, but ever since high school, I would look at myself in the mirror and I would always say, who am I? Mm-hmm. And I have no idea where that started. I mm. just started doing it. Part of it, I think, was a little bit. I was I was really like into motivation back then, so I would say like, "Who am I?" And then I would kind of like pump myself up. And this was like in the morning. I would wake up like five, six in the morning to get ready to go to school. Yeah. But, and I continued on to to college. I would still do that less frequently. I would still do that. But like I said, my answer to that question, who am I, started becoming more and more and more constricted. Okay. Even in high school where I, I, I knew I wanted to do something within science, I just said, oh, I want to be something within science. Whereas in college, I viewed it as like, all right, now I got to pick one thing and stick to it. Yeah. Because that is sort of the environment in college. Like everyone always asks you when you go to parties where you go anywhere, what's your major? And that's sort of the thing that defines you. Like nobody ever right. asks like. Who are you? That's your label. Exactly. Like, oh, I'm a physics major. I'm a bio major. Like, that is the main thing that sort of is asked in college yeah. from college students. And so I think inadvertently, we put these labels upon ourselves that restrict who we are and most importantly, who we want to be. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So the evolution of that question, who are you to me, or who am I rather, started evolving and started getting more and more and more constricted. Mm-hmm. And the more constricted got, the less aware I was of my flaws, because those flaws were outside of that image. Yeah, I didn't care if I was being a dick to someone because this other image of who I was is like, okay, this is intact as long as I'm still doing this thing, still getting good grades. Like I don't care about these other things. Yeah, when in reality I absolutely did. I just really constricted myself way too much. So. Now I'm definitely, uh, thankfully, I don't really ask myself, who am I uh, in front of the mirror anymore? Because <laughs> I feel like my mom and my and my sisters would think I'm I'm a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Now you just look in the mirror like, yeah, I know you. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, now I don't really ask myself that. Every now and then I'll ask myself, who do you want to be? Ah, uh, there we go. And so. There's a philosophy change. Yeah, right there. exactly. It's super big perspective change because I was always focused on who am I? because of identity issues, because, and I, I asked myself that as well, like I said, because I didn't know who I was. Like, literally, I, I just, sure, I know my name and my address, but I didn't know who I was right, or who I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And so now it evolving into who do you want to be, I think it's a lot, of a, it's a lot healthier of a question mm-hmm. because who you are right now is sort of irrelevant. It's what really matters is who you want to be. And yeah. what are the steps that you're going to take to get to that position? It's not about the past or the present. It's about the future and Absolutely. where you're going. Always. No, yeah. That's really powerful. That's really powerful. Yeah, I mean, wow. 
thinking about that kind of stuff in high school, that's, it can be really brutal to uh, your self-esteem, you know? Absolutely. I mean, as I'm sure it was. Not to be, like, putting you down or anything, but I, I just, I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like I said, we talked back then and, and we knew each other, but um, looking back at it now, when we explain these situations, it, it brings it back uh, come on, almost like a, um, it's like a throwback, you know? You're like, oh, I remember that period. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Things were a little bit different back then. And then, you know, you, you, you get taken back to that time period. You're like, wow, we were, like, completely different. You know, yeah. we were us, but still a very, a very premature version of us, right? Yeah, which is why, like, you know, personally, whenever I talk about myself in the past or whenever I was in high school or college, how I was called myself a stupid kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's not, you know, looking down upon myself. It's just because I've experienced so much growth from high school and my first two years of college to where I am now. Yeah. That even as aware and as conscious about things and who I was and who I wanted to be at that time, even even as much time as I spent on that, who I am now is like, not to toot myself, but like it's a vast improvement. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think so, you have every right to say that too. Yeah. You know, as as important as it is to build awareness of your weaknesses, it's also important to build awareness of your strengths. Absolutely. You know? And... You know, give yourself a pat on the back every now and then because some progress is better than no progress. And if anything else, I mean, I think I saw a post about this for like people when they're working out, you know, like you'll notice your progress within like the first week, but people won't really start noticing until like the second month. Yeah. Right. And that's, I think, I feel like a good metaphor to just about everything else we change in our lives. Right. Somebody will notice until you're a completely different person, but throughout the whole period when you're, constantly chipping at it and trying to morph into something else. Like you're the one that's experiencing it. So obviously you know about it. Not many other people will. So it's important to, to, you know, give yourself that recognition when you deserve it. Yeah. Um, and I was also thinking, I think there's another form that I just thought of, of uh, denial is procrastination. Yeah. Right. Because yes. let's say you got the awareness down, but you're like, yeah, let me just put it off until tomorrow. Cause uh, I got to do something right now. That's a little bit more important. And you justify it in your mind. But then you put it off. I mean, what, the thing is, as we all know, when you procrastinate, here's how the cycle starts. Once you put it off one day, it's just going to keep getting put off from there. That's how it goes. Always. Almost always. Um, yeah. And that's that's the one portion of denial that I have actually dealt with. Because yeah. I yeah. did used to procrastinate in high school and then first years of college. But same thing. I just kind of got annoyed. Of, I mean, personally... I think I got over that part of denial just by getting annoyed with myself, having to do things super last minute. Mm -hmm. And it just started annoying. It just started annoying me. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to stop doing that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I still deal with it here and there. Um, I will say it's definitely not the best planning as far as like scheduling and, you know, planning out your day. Uh, but it, I mean, almost always, it almost always blows up in your face. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, very rarely will procrastinating ever end good. I, yeah. I, I, I have yet to see that. So, if you're listening to us, don't procrastinate. Don't do it. <laughs> I was surprisingly pretty clutch in college. So, even though I procrastinated, I would 
turn it in like one minute before and I'm like fine. <laughs> yeah, and that's the other thing too. It's like I would always tell myself like all through high school, like, nah, stop procrastinating, man. Like, don't do it. And then when I ended up going to the JC, I was like, oh, actually, I can do it. I can actually get away with this, you know, because I would still be able to show up in the morning and finish an assignment that was due, you know, at midday that day. Yeah. Finish it, complete it, send it through. And it's just like, ah, this is not positive reinforcement. This is not the kind of like skills I need to build. Like I'm doing the complete opposite of what I should be doing. And I'm doing the same thing I was doing in high school, but I'm just getting better at it. You know, it's like, yeah, that's, it's not good. Yeah. That, actually. Okay. Yeah. That, that's a fair point. Yeah. <laughs> but I did, I did the same thing. Hey, so. We all got to survive, especially when you're, you're a full-time student. You got to do what you got to do to get by because it's not easy. Yeah, you really do. And I'll just summarize what I said by saying my critique of who I was in the past mm-hmm. is not a reflection of the person I was back then. It's a reflection of who I am now. Okay. So I just like to say that because it's not like I'm talking down upon myself. It's just who I am now deserves that much more respect to be really differentiated from who I was back then. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I agree a hundred percent. Like I said, it is important to, to recognize the improvements, the change. And I mean, realistically at the end of the day, unless somebody's really close to you, you'll almost never really understand. And that's the point too. I feel like you shouldn't be expecting people to understand you a hundred percent. Because at the end of the day, all these changes are done by you for you. You know, you're the one that's going to benefit from these changes, not other people. You know, it'll affect them negatively, but for the most part, when you're on the positive side of things, it's more so for you. Yeah. But the repercussions that come from being misguided or from procrastinating, denying, not being aware, those do affect other people. But I would feel like the most of the time, the positive aspect of it, once you're doing the right thing, the majority of it only really affects you. Because other people, unless it's really negative, they won't really care as much, right? It's yeah. like you're taking care of yourself. Okay, I'm in, I'm in my lane. I'm taking care of myself. And it's like, you know, everybody kind of goes in their own lane. But it's only when, like, say, like, if you're on a freeway lane, somebody has a flat tire and they just, you know, drive across the freeway. That's going to affect everybody. Mm-hmm. But if everybody stays in their lane, proper tire pressure and all that, Everybody's just going to keep moving, keep moving forward, you know? Right. Yeah. But yeah, I, I respect you for opening up about that. It's, uh, it's difficult, you know, especially myself. Like I consider myself a complete idiot when I was younger too. And, you know, I've told you about all the stupid things I've done and, uh, I'll probably share more stories later on throughout <laughs> the, the podcast. The list is long. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely not proud. I had my fun and, uh, and it led to, uh, a lot of bad places, but the problem is that for the longest time, I was able to get away with it. It was I was able to continue doing it and enjoy myself without any repercussions. Um, and that's also the issue, too, is that when you continue to procrastinate, you continue to deny, you're waiting for something to kind of just like flash in your face. Like, hey, like you're really doing this wrong. Like you're not supposed to be doing this. But because it's not there, you just continue down that lane until either you get hurt, somebody else gets hurt. Or you just end up in a really shitty situation, right? Yeah. But Which is why it's so important to be aware because mm-hmm. if you're just waiting and waiting and waiting till till he till you hit bed, bedrock or till something really hits you and you think, Holy fuck, like my life sucks because of this, this and that, that's a bit too late. You need yeah, to absolutely. if you're if you're aware, 
you can catch on early on and think, okay, this thing I'm doing, not the most horrible thing, but if I keep going down this path, it's going to turn really, really bad. Yeah. And I mean, the last thing you want to happen is have anybody else be hurt by your... uh, Mistakes. By your mistakes, by your inactions, you know. It's... I think that's, for me personally, that's what hit me the most was when it wasn't just myself that I was hurting or damaging, it was now others. That's what really I was like, okay, I got to take a step back. Like, um, I really got to, like, do some serious, serious self-analyzing, right? And, uh, and yeah, you don't want that. You definitely want to avoid that. I mean, it's one thing to be damaging yourself, but to take it so far to the point where now somebody else is being hurt, that's that's too far. I mean, just damaging yourself is too far. But you know, we're uh, we're strong people and we can withstand pain and damage. But just because you can doesn't mean you should. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think it makes makes me laugh often when people kind of think about the amount of work that it takes to be mentally healthy, the amount of work that it takes to be aware. Yeah. The amount of work that it takes to fight off denial and upon doing it they're like oh well you know this didn't result in a big change like Mm. those changes we're not saying you can change your life in a day we're not saying if you listen to this podcast and you go reflect you're going to figure your whole life out what we're saying is small things add up yeah small actions add up incremental change you reflecting today may not change your entire life, but it will change tomorrow. And it might change the day after that, and it may change your week, and suddenly you've changed your entire month. Yeah. And from there, you have momentum. Then you can really start getting some work in and really start changing. And that is when you start changing you know, your life for a couple of months, for a couple of years. And if you keep going consistently, then it can be for your entire life. But there is no one single action that's going to improve your mental health, that's going to change your life, that's going to make you more aware of what you want from life. It will take small, individualized actions to get there. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, people want to seek this formula. Like, it's like, okay, if like I just take this one ingredient and I add it to my life, now I'm like successful, or now I'm going to be rich, or now I'm going to be healthy. It's like, yeah. it's a constant battle, it's a constant struggle, and you chip away at it every day. It's not done overnight, and you won't get there anytime soon. Especially the further down you are in life, it's going to take twice as much work to get right back up, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as I've been learning recently, too. That's that's what, something I've been working on as well, is just getting my whole life back on track and being and trying to be the best form of myself. And I've realized that. It's like, if I took my do- myself down to this certain spot in life, well, now I've got to work twice as bad to get myself back up. Half of those half of those steps is just to kind of be balanced, just kind of get a good starting point, and then from there it's just to get to my, my get myself to where I want to be, right? So it's definitely not uh, it's not easy. It's not something you can do overnight, but yeah. it's not meant to be easy. Life was never meant to be easy. It was never meant to be just do step one, two, and three, and then you're set. Like life yeah. is what you make of it, but at the same time, it's it's a constant journey. It's a constant battle, constant struggle. And when you see or meet others that are on their journey to success, to being the best form of themselves or just self-improvement, you'll, you'll notice it. And it gives you a smile. You're like, oh, 
there's a fellow brother, there's a fellow sister, somebody else, you know, in the mix. Yeah. And you, like I said, you, you need that support system so you can share your thoughts, your tips and help each other and bring each other up. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I personally learned this not only through experience, but through reading uh, a book by David Goggins, Can't Hurt Me. Oh. Shout out. Shout out David Goggins. Shout out David Goggins. <laughs> he pretty much has said the, the, exact, the exact same thing you've said is the fact that people are always looking for a simple solution. Yeah. They're always looking to listen to a show, to a podcast, to read a book and read one thing that changes fundamentally the way that their mind works. The easy way out. The easy, the easy way out. But that doesn't exist. Like life is uncertain. And I'm never 100% sure of anything that I say because there's certain things that could change. But if there's one thing so far at, what am I, 24 years old now, mm-hmm. that I can say with absolute certainty is that no change ever comes easy. No change is ever permanent. Mm-hmm. It just takes consistent work. At the end of the day, even if you're talented, even if you're the best at something, work, I will always put my money on the person that works the most. Mm. Even if that person is less gifted, even if that person is more limited, I don't care what that person is doing. If that person is working more than anybody else, I will always put my money on them. Yeah, hard work pays off. Always does. Don't get it twisted, fellas. And so now we'll transition into our second point, which is confrontation. Confrontation. So, and we're not talking about just yelling at some guy in front of the in front You're of not wearing car. a mask. <laughs> yeah, although you should confront them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> although you should call them out, but don't do it. Yeah, all the Karens maybe. All the Kevins, all the Karens. Shout out to you guys because. Uh, <laughs> You guys just keep the hate going around this world, and uh, we don't know what we'd be doing up without you guys. <laughs> definitely not a positive, happy yeah. uh, place to live. No, definitely not. That. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're talking more so about it could be person-to-person confrontation, mm-hmm. but it could also be confrontation with your mind, confrontation with your quote-unquote demons. Yeah, with yourself. With yourself. And after being aware, after fighting through denial, the next logical step is, okay, what am I going to do? How am I going to confront these issues? Do you want to kind of give your idea of how you personally view confrontation? How do you confront your issues once you actually identify them and are aware of them? Okay. Well, for example, for myself, after denying my issues for so long, as I mentioned before, it, it's just constantly on your mind. You can't escape these thoughts. You can't escape these doubts in yourself. And you'll reach a point where you've been confronting it, but putting it off for so long, you know, denying it. But then you get to a point where you can no longer look in any other direction. Like you're confronting it head on. You're not going backwards. You're not going sideways. You're going straight forward. And that's to confront it. And that's because you've ev- you've either put it off for too long and now it's inevitable or you've taken some serious health risks, you know, either to your mental health, your physical health, or you've hurt somebody else, somebody else is affected, and you literally have put yourself in a position where you have no other, you know, direction to go. Um, that's, you know, one possibility. And that's more so with uh, self-confrontation, you know, with just your inner self. Um, and then there's other forms, right, where 
if you've entrusted your life with somebody else, another friend, somebody, a relative, somebody that you have really close to you, they'll call you out on your BS, right? Or like if you're telling them like, no, nah, man, I'm really like working hard. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And they're like, no, no, no. I see that you ain't doing shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's the, the, you know, person to person, right? It's a more intimate, also more, it, it, it's, it's, it's more self-exposing sometimes for people's comfort, but I would recommend it because it's always best to get a second opinion from somebody else, especially because they're not living your life. So they're not going to cut any corners they're not going to give you any excuses. There's no justification for your your bad actions. It's all pretty straight up forward, you know? At least that's what a real friend or somebody that really cares for you should be like. Just tell you it's straight up. Like, this is a pile of horse shit. Like, what are you doing, you know? Yeah. Um, because people need to hear that. People want to avoid that, but that's really what we need. We need to get called out on our shit, on our BS, get stopped in our tracks, in order to reevaluate what we've been doing for the last, you know, set amount of time. But yeah, I mean, what, what would you say is the most useful form of confrontation self or doing it one-on-one? What do you mean by self and doing it one-on-one? Like say like, so like the difference being like you confront yourself, you know, within your thoughts, your mind, you reflect yourself or, Having somebody else to confront the issue with you. I see. I see. I would say, I'd say it just depends on whatever it is you're confronting. I think something like addiction, one-on-one is better. Yeah. Because that accountability is there. And like you said, having that person from an outside perspective be there and say the goal is, okay, dude, let's just, you know, you can't drink for a week. If you drink within that week, even if you're trying to form excuses, your friend will be there like, okay, did you drink this week? And you will say yes. Yes, but, you know, I, I, need, I, I was invited to this party, blah, 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 all these ideas. It doesn't matter. The goal was don't drink in a week, so you didn't accomplish your goal. Yeah. And so I think addiction requires a little bit more of a strict confrontation method mm-hmm. and a confrontation method more so with someone else because it's definitely something that can take over your life. And if it does that, then it's kind of hard to keep yourself accountable because you're inside of it. And so, you know, it just it just becomes a lot harder to be aware and to avoid denial when you're going through an addiction. Yeah, no, I I think I agree on that part. When it comes to addiction, you definitely need to be confronted uh, by somebody else or confront the situation with somebody else. Yeah. And then in regards to insecurities, I would definitely say confrontation within yourself because it doesn't matter how many compliments or it doesn't matter how many compliments you get from people if you're always insecure about being too short or being too tall or you know being overweight at the end of the day you're gonna have to confront that with yourself yeah because it doesn't matter if someone tells you no no you're not sure you're really tall it's not gonna change how you feel it's not gonna change your insecurity it might make you feel better but it'll probably do so for a couple of seconds. Yeah. And then you'll revert right back to your original insecurity because in that sense, it's like treating the symptoms of an illness, but not the source of it. Mm. You know, you're putting a bandit over it and so- someone else is putting a bandit over it just to make you feel better in that moment. Yeah. And I think as a friend, 
that's something that distinguishes me from other people because I'm not about the band-aid. I'm not about saying, making someone feel better in a specific moment. I'm very much so about, okay, let's get to the source of this. Yeah. Because I can't keep putting band-aids upon you and you coming back and then more band-aids. You have to take those actions and really treat whatever you're dealing with at the source. Yeah. And I say this from personal experience because this is exactly how I personally dealt with my insecurities. Yeah. I literally, I was in France, my sister got me a journal and I just started writing pages and pages and pages. The first day I got it, I think I wrote for like two to three hours. Yeah. And that was because I had so many feelings that I hadn't really let out. You needed to unload. Since high school. Wow. So that was what, four, five, six years worth of feelings that I had kind of, you know, so I, I talked to you and other people about it, but not really the super intimate parts. Yeah. The the parts that are really... That you're trying to avoid or... or yeah. The yeah. parts that are deep within you, within the shadows of who you are. Ooh. <laughs> Those were the things that I wrote that day. And from that day forth, I, it felt amazing because it just felt like weight lifted off my shoulders. Absolutely. Now, now that wasn't the solution to my insecurities, but it was the first step. It was that first because step. Because now... They were written down. Now my insecurities were real, right? They weren't just in my head. Mm-hmm. They were real. They were on paper. This is how I felt. And so from that point forward, I could confront them by me personally making myself uncomfortable mm-hmm. and making myself putting myself in positions that forced me to work through those insecurities. If I was insecure about, I don't know, cooking, then I would force myself to help my host mom cook or help my sister cook or help someone cook. Yeah. So it's it's just dependent really the type of confrontation upon the problem itself. Mm. Yeah. I, I think that's a valid point. Yeah. I, I was also thinking of like, say like when people have like bad breakups, right? I remember this from back in the day. It's like, oh no, look, look, look there, there goes your ex. Like, hey, let's walk this way, you know? Yeah. And always wanting to like take the other hallway or the other pathway to just make sure <laughs> you, you just you, didn't walk in yeah, front of them or you something. You got to avoid them. <laughs> yeah, but then there was always that one situation where you literally like just didn't even bother to look up and the next thing you know, you look up and you're like walking right in front of each other. You're like, oh. Yeah. But what happened? Absolutely nothing. It's like something you fear, something you hold, like, oh, no, I need to like avoid this for as long as possible. And then it finally happens and you're like, oh, that was it. Like nothing. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, that's one thing that really makes me laugh about thinking back to high school and seeing high school students like walking around. Like, it just makes me laugh how like awkward a lot of them are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the awkward, because, dude, the awkwardness is real. Because you know how, because you know they're going through puberty. Yeah. You know they're dealing with insecurities. And because that's what I was doing at that time. But all these things, compiled together really lead them to be no offense to the high schoolers out there but <laughs> pretty awkward in general yeah no it's i mean it's a, a period where you're starting to learn to react and understand your emotions so some of those reactions tend to be a little bit awkward like <laughs> you'll be in the cafeteria yeah. you'll look in one direction you see like some dude that should be out of high school is like kind of like has facial hair <laughs> and like you can kind of maybe say he's a ladies man or something you know he's got some appeal to him and then you have somebody else like running around somebody else like playing tag or something. You're like, what the hell's going on? You know, that also has just happens to have a very squeaky voice, you know, but yeah, isn't that, isn't that weird? I thinking back that it's a flashback. 
throwback to high school. Mm. I always thought how weird that was. There was this one school where you had people playing tag and just messing around, playing on their phones. Then you had other people trying to get a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Like, such different goals, but they were all there. And it was, of course, typically ninth graders were still kids. They were still playing around. And let's go play soccer. Let's go play this. Yeah. And, and, you know, because, you know, we kind of did this. Like, we, I mean, personally, I played a lot of sports in ninth and tenth grade. And then it kind of just developed into having conversations with my friends and hanging out being cool in the courtyard. Yeah, but that, that's the thing. Then it was cool just to hang out. Yeah, exactly. Y- you, you couldn't go be running around. What? what? You want to be sweaty? Wow. Exactly. You're not, you're not going to be able to look cool <laughs> Exactly, later. exactly. You're like, not going to have the cool hair. You, you know? look down on people who still had PE. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> they got to sixth and fifth period. There was always like the few seniors too that just got stuck with doing PE their senior uh, year. And everybody like, oh, look at this loser. No. <laughs> no just, just For kidding. real though. <laughs> but yeah, th- those were different times. I remember that. But... Anyways, back to the uh, step number two, you know, confrontation. Yeah. So after you confront the problem on hand, the situation, the person, the friend, whatever it may be, after you confront it, it's time to start building a plan around it, right? Then this is still part of step two because you're confronting it, but as you're confronting it, you're attempting to resolve it to come up with a solution, whether it's a step-by-step process or something that you got to change in that moment, right? It's part of that second step. Now, like you mentioned before, when confronting things, there's different situations that deserve different kinds of confrontation. I would say that also applies to building a plan, right? Because obviously with a diverse amount of problems, situations, etc., there's a diverse amount of uh, plans to resolve those issues, right? If you're dealing with some sort of a bad vice, a habit, an addiction, that's going to take a different plan than if you're trying to remove yourself from a bad relationship, an ex, or a bad uh, family relative, bad friend, you know, et cetera, to a bad work situation, a bad job. You know, they all need different solutions, but they can all be done the same. Once again, through confronting it, whether it's by yourself, you know, like you were mentioning through a journal, doing some self-analyzing, self-reflection, or going through with it with somebody else that can give you a broader view of what the situation is like, giving you a second opinion, and possibly, hopefully, giving you tips that you yourself haven't thought of, right? Yeah. What would you say is the best way to start building a plan to resolve something or to get ahead from something when you're trying to self-improve? It's a good question. I hate to repeat my answer, but it kind of just depends on the thing. Yeah. I think so far we've been talking about securities and, and mental health issues, but it could really be something as simple as you want to learn how to drive, but you're just kind of, putting it off, you're procrastinating, you're a little bit in denial and you have to confront it and really just make a couple of steps, like something like, okay, I want to learn how to drive. What's the first step? Okay. Ask my mom and dad if I can borrow the car. Um, Maybe take some of those, what are they, driving classes? Yeah. So all this to say, making a list of points and possible steps of how to confront something, whether it be said just a simple task like learning how to code learning how to drive 
something that you want to have, a skill that you want to have, someone that you want to be. Mm-hmm. And then also say like insecurities. Then it, I personally did the journaling and I didn't really think about it in terms of steps, but there really was steps. Step number one was just making it real, writing it down for me personally, mm-hmm. writing it down and making it real. And then from that point forward, something I did do was from that point forward, I knew things, insecurities that I had. Yeah. Like back then I would also, we're getting personal. We're getting personal with this podcast. Ooh, ooh. Dun, dun, dun. But I would, I would also have, I think because I guess this would be primarily in, in high school and some of college. I wouldn't have the best eye contact because of these insecurities and stuff. Oh, like avoiding eye contact, you mean? Yeah. Uh, no, not necessarily avoiding it. I wasn't like looking down at the ground. Okay. But when having a conversation, I wouldn't directly be looking at someone. Yeah. And so when I noticed that I did that, I was like, okay, well, maybe it makes me feel uncomfortable. So then let me just look at someone in, in the eye like <laughs> for yeah. an extended period of time, yeah. which was a bit weird, I guess you can say, but... Then I was like, okay, well, at the beginning, I was like, yeah, this is kind of weird. Yeah. But then I was like, all right, well, this isn't actually weird. Like, I'm talking with them. Like, it kind of just makes sense to make eye contact with them. Yeah. And then it turned into me having a little bit too much eye contact <laughs> and then trying to scale back a little bit. So now, you know, it's, yeah, you got to look for that balance there. Yeah. I know. I, I know what you mean. The weird thing about myself is like, I would always like, what do you, what do you call it when somebody has like a, a scold? Is that what, is that what it's called? Or, or no, a scowl. A scowl. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When they're like always mugging. Yeah. Like, I don't know why, but that's always been me since I was been like a very young kid. Like, I've just always mugged. Everywhere that I would walk, I'm just, I have like a mug face. You got a resting bitch face? At, yes. <laughs> it's a resting bitch face. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I used to as well. I used RB, to as an well. RBF, resting bitch face. Yeah. But yeah. And so a lot of people, when they would be walking towards me or I'd be walking towards them and they just see the look on my face, they just kind of like look away or like look down, you know? Yeah. And I'd be like, the fuck is wrong with people you know i was thinking it was other people i'm like oh no that's me i got a resting bitch face like i'm always looking like i'm pissed off you know yeah. but um yeah so that that was definitely somewhere where i had to like be like do i want to come off as this guy that looks like he's always pissed off or like always wants like a problem or something or just is going through a lot you know yeah so that definitely helped me you know analyze myself and be like okay i need to make more eye contact but not look like i want to rip somebody's head off right? that's exactly that's exactly <laughs> the balance that i was trying to achieve because yeah i didn't have a lot then i did have a lot and the same exact thing people would be like are you mad i'm like no i'm just i'm just looking at you like no that's just me <laughs> i was looking at you and then i realized okay well you know as with all things it's, it's sort of a balance but that's something that's super important on another sense for yourself for your first impression as well yeah i mean if you meet someone from the first time and they're either looking down all the time or they're looking straight at you. You know, both of those can give off like weird sort of vibes. And I thought about this in college because in college is when I kind of got more a little bit into fashion and style and kind of because I, I kept thinking about like that first impression. Yeah, well, that's when you got sponsored by Fashion Nova, right? Oh, yeah. Sponsored by Fashion Nova. Can you guys <laughs> send me free clothes, please? <laughs> Bam. Bam. But um, what was I saying? That's when... That's a period when you're really into right. like fashion. Yeah, and and I got into fashion because of wanting to give a better first impression, but and 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 obviously it worked. But another thing that I then became aware of was again this eye contact thing because I was 
looking pretty fly, but I was looking always pretty serious. Yeah. And I would always, and when I found out, it kind of angered me because I'm always looking to have a conversation with someone. Mm. I'm, I'm always looking for a new new friend and a new, new conversation, just something, something new, something different. And it made me mad that I was putting off some sort of vibe and not like welcoming these sort of people that I wanted to welcome. Interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's uh, let's bring it back to uh, coming out with a plan. You know, confronting something. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, the way I think of it now, I just kind of had like a, a bit more of thought on it. I think the more that you think of trying like to come up with like a step to step process when you really need action in the moment, it's kind of a disservice. I think it's more of like, you know what? I'm gonna just do it and then figure out how I did it later kind of a situation right where don't overthink it so much don't try to like build a step-by-step process take that first step which is usually just do it and we're not sponsored by nike by the way not sponsored but they can if they'd like to shout us out (laughs) but uh yeah i mean that's really how you do it right it's it's kind of like a disservice when you start trying to like come up with a formula and a like, okay, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this. It's like, yeah, that's cool. Have it in your mind. Have it ready. But honestly, just take the first step. Just do what you got to do. If you're not doing something that you should be doing, do it, you know. That's really kind of how it is, really. That's, I mean, that's what I'm thinking of right now. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that because every time I took any action to inspire change in myself, I didn't make a list. Like, I didn't make... A list of things that I need to do, specifically because I knew what I needed was action. Yeah, I'm someone that always thinks a lot about a lot of things, and I've mentioned this to you. It's not the best thing because you spend more time thinking than doing. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, time passes and you didn't do exactly what you intended to do, even if you had this perfect plan. Yeah, because the thing is, nothing's nothing's perfect. The process will never be perfect, especially the process to rehabilitate yourself, to improve yourself, to get out of a sticky situation. It's never perfect. It's usually dicey. You know, you might see yourself go slightly lower before you make any actual improvement, right? Yeah, I think it's Fred, Frederick Douglass who said, an ounce of action is worth more than a ton of theory. Mm. Interesting. I think that perfectly exemplifies that. Yeah. You, you can make up a million different plans but if you don't execute then it's just it's just worthless yeah what good did they serve you yeah yeah no actions definitely speak louder than words yeah and that you can apply it to anything you do in life i mean you want to make an investment you're like yeah man like so i got like a million in my bank account yeah you know i'm gonna make some investments in some uh foreign countries you know some stocks you know i'm gonna get into real estate <laughs> and then it's like oh yeah yeah okay yeah. uh how much have you actually invested oh, well i'm just still thinking about it you know i just oh, want to come up with the perfect plan so yeah. i'm just still considering different avenues like okay buddy talk to me when you invest you know? <laughs> yeah exactly and yeah. i would like to talk about another form of confrontation okay Primarily person or person confrontation. Okay. Because as a friend, I've had a lot of people, a lot of friends kind of talk to me and, and confide in me their problems and their issues with certain people in their life, whether it be other friends, other family, coworkers. Yeah. And the thing that frustrates me the most about when people tell me about how someone is treating them 
is the inaction itself and the lack of confrontation. Okay. Wanting to avoid, I don't know if they're trying to avoid confrontation altogether or if it's just something where that person has been in their life for such a long period of time uh-huh. that them visualizing how their life might be without that person is scary or it's just uncomfortable. Okay. And it's just another form of confrontation that's just interesting to me because I partially don't understand it because I personally just confront people. I I really don't beat around the bush. If I have a problem with you, if you've done something and you're in my life and it's something that I don't appreciate, then I'm going to come straight at you and I'm going to tell you this is how I feel. Yeah. If you say like, you know, like sucks, that's just who I am, then that's probably the end of our friendship. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll just work through it and you'll be more conscious of how certain actions you take affect me personally. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just go straight at it, which is why it confuses me and generally frustrates me, genuinely frustrates me when friends or family avoid those confrontations or just say, oh, yeah, well, this happened to me at work. And I'm like, well, why didn't you say anything? Yeah. That just annoys me. I see what you mean. Yeah, I mean, I would say I'm honestly like probably about the same. Although I will say for the most part, when I confront people, I reflect within myself as to how necessary it is for me to point out that certain thing. If it's something that I think is vital to the relationship, to their improvement, or maybe it's get, it's gotten in somebody else's way, you know, somebody else is being damaged by it, I'll go ahead, I'll say something about it. But if it's something where it's like something like a little bit more petty, right? Like it's like, oh, like, dude, like, you ate my french fries like you shouldn't have ate my french fries or something it's like <laughs> it's like you know what yeah. I'll, I'll let it go because it's not worth my time of day really unless they're in and out french fries oh hell no in which case fuck off not the, yeah <laughs> hell no don't touch my animal fries yeah <laughs> can, you, um, can you tell we're from california <laughs> yeah i know honestly but i mean that's that's kind of how i go about it really because i'm all about trying to improve myself and help others improve themselves but if I don't see the reason for myself going out of my way to point certain things out to somebody, I just won't do it altogether. Um, but I think you and me are very similar. We definitely will confront a situation. We will contact somebody, discuss something with somebody. But at least for me personally, unless it's really, really important to that person's health, my health or our relationship, I'll put it on the back burner. And then if I see that maybe a second situation arises that's similar to that first one, then it's like, okay, I'm getting it. I'm going to hit that subject head on, right? But if it's something slightly more minimal, it's like I just won't really invest so much time into it because I honestly really want to be positive. I really want to be reinforcing people, you know? And sometimes I've noticed that when when you continue to call somebody out on certain things, even if they're on a, a different subject, but just certain things that are like and somewhat connected with themselves, then the person almost becomes like, like a, what do you call it? Like a clamshell or something. Like they just close up, right? Yeah. Like they go back into the cave and that's not really what I would want. I would want somebody to be pushed, nudged into the right direction. And then if it's too much, then it's like, okay, okay, I'm going to just take a nudge back, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, at least for me personally, I'm all about positive reinforcement. And the last thing I would want, especially like out of a friend or somebody that I really respect or somebody that I really, really care about, is to start pushing them in the wrong direction. 
you know? Right. So if it's something that's minimal, it's like, eh, I'll just put it on the back burner, right? Yeah. I ask this because I'm I'm genuinely curious, and maybe maybe we can get some feedback, or maybe I'll ask my friend Ja or my sister or someone, because I'm I'm just always genuinely curious about, well, number one, the way people think. And so in this specific case, why why not confront someone, even if it's your mom, even if, even if it's family, yeah. If they're doing something right, beyond stealing your fries, <laughs> if it's if it's something that's genuinely like messing you up, if it's something that's negatively influencing your mental health, because that to me, like my mental health, is the number one thing. It's on my mind. I, I'm always thinking about where am I, how am I doing, is everything going good? All right, we're we're doing good. Let's keep going. So I couldn't imagine yeah. having someone in my life who isn't positively impacting me and who's in a way dragging me down yeah so i'm just curious so so maybe we can get some outside perspective on that since both of us tend to deal with confrontations straight on yeah yeah i mean i will say when i was younger i think if anything i probably did it a bit too much with my parents you know i would be too upfront about a lot of situations um and as I matured, as I grew up, I definitely toned it back a bit uh, to the point now where I don't really talk about much, um, at least with my parents. Um, not that I like, th- there's still issues and stuff that I still should be confronting. I don't really think I've had any issues. And I realized that when I started really educating on myself, educating myself on my uh, mishaps, my issues, the things that I could improve. And most of those things that I feel like were the issue back in the day with my parents kind of resolved themselves once I started working on myself, you know? And that's, again, that's, that was when I was much younger, but I was very, very, very upfront about things and would confront my parents a lot. Um, so that's, I mean, it's, it's slightly different, but that's kind of how I was when I was younger to now when I'm, you know, older, wiser, more mature, and I'm going to continue to mature and grow up. But now I just don't really see the need for, like I said, again, if it's not something that's very vital or important, I'm not really going to invest time into something like that or to create a conflict. Because here's the thing, too. Some people will make a conflict out of something like that, right? Where it came from a good place, it came, you know, from the heart, and then somebody will misconstrue that. And now it's like you have a, an argument. Now you have a, a conflict, and it's like you get yourself in those sticky situations. It's just like, ugh, like what is this? Like it was never meant to be this, right? Right. Um, so yeah, I think yeah. we'll have to. I mean, maybe just for my personal curiosity, I'll have to get some outside feedback on that. Yeah, and we do have an Instagram page now. So yes, we do. If you guys would like to send us some messages um, or questions or certain topics you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, please feel free. Uh, look us up at the Intrinsic Podcast uh, with, with a try. Yeah, with the why, right? Don't forget the why. Uh, yeah, look us up. You can get a, give us a little shout out too because we just started, so we could use some follows, some love, you know. Yep. Give us some love. Yep. And I also have my side sort of Instagram, Live Today Lifestyle, where we essentially talk about similar things, just really living with a sense of urgency and and putting yourself in uncomfortable situations to quickly grow and. And learn about yourself. Well, this was a promotion for the podcast. Ooh. Okay, not for... No. Ooh, shit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's like, yeah, in my personal account, uh, give me some more followers. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, show us some love. Reach out to us. Give us some uh, some questions. 
uh, or some answers. And some, yeah. uh, we'd love to share w- with some, your permission, of course, on the uh, podcast. Some, some feedback above all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this brings us to the last step. Which is three black step holes sequence. and singularities. Absolutely. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> there it is. I was looking for that face. I was like, wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> I was wait. trying. <laughs> the, app, the fact that you said absolutely fucking. Oh, got him. I'm trying to flow here, man. We're talking about black holes and singularities. Fucking and, up the uh, flow. Consumptions of particles. <laughs> Yeah, the so the <laughs> atomic photosynthesis of the uh, neutrons of the oh my god, you're like one of those boring videos from back in high school. That statement class. made that statement made me lose some neurons there. Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> no, but for real, go ahead. Okay. So that leads us to our third step out of the three step sequence. It is discipline slash execution. Yep. You want to get started on that one? Yeah. Yeah, I would love to. Discipline is, I think I've, I wouldn't say I've mastered, but I have a pretty good understanding and appreciation of awareness and confrontation. Discipline is still something that I'm currently working on. So something I think about quite often in terms of, one, what does discipline mean, not just in general, but also to myself because there's just different forms of discipline within yourself. And I always think about discipline. When I think about discipline, I think about consistency. Yeah. That's kind of what discipline to me means. It means getting up in the morning, getting ready, going to work, going to class, whatever it is, and being there, being on time, doing your work. And then if you have the same class, same schedule next week, doing the exact same thing. And being able to have that consistency that regardless of how you're feeling, if you're feeling great, if you're feeling bad, you know where you're going to be next the next day. Yeah. You know that you you're you're disciplined, you're consistent, so regardless of whatever's going on, you're going to make it in and you're going to put in some work even if you're having a bad day and you have you maybe don't get as much done at work, as much work done. A small amount of work will always be worth more than no work at all. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, discipline, man. I think that's the thing I've had the least of in my earlier life is is discipline. Um, I honestly don't even think I knew what it was back in the day just yeah. because everything I did revolved around around having to do the least amount of work the least, or taking the least amount of discipline. Um, I don't think it was until much, much later, more so recently, when I've been trying really hard and starting this whole process of self-improvement where I really learned about discipline. You know, it's not about waking up one day early in the morning. It's about waking up every single day of the week up early. You know, it's about consistency. It's not just if you can do it once. It's how many times can you do it? Yeah. Right? And sorry, no, but yeah, I, I know from experience because I've specifically told you these things Yeah, that it doesn't matter if you did an excellent job today. Yeah. What matters is that you do a good job every single day. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. hundred percent. Thanks for interrupting. But, uh, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it's, it's totally right. Um, and that's, I think when I really started to understand what discipline really means, right. Um, because from the outside looking in, you're like, oh yeah, I can do that once. Like I could probably do it tomorrow or whatever, you know? And then 
you do it half fast. And you're like, yeah, I did it. And then somebody else asks that of you the next day. It's like, okay, well, let's do it tomorrow too. It's like, oh, uh, well, I was actually going to rest tomorrow. It's like, what, what, what do you mean? Like, this is an everyday thing. This wasn't just one time. This wasn't just like twice out of the week. This is an everyday thing. Um, and through discipline, you'll build up that consistency. You build up that momentum. You know, the beginning is always the hardest. But as you continue to follow through with it, it's, it's throughout the journey that it gets easier. It's, you'll, the weight on your shoulders will always be the same, but you just build the tolerance to it. You build more muscle. Your muscle gets used to it, you know, and you continue to carry on in your journey with no longer such a big weight on your shoulder. It's now the same weight, but it's being handled a lot easier. It's, yeah. it's facilitated. That's, that's an excellent way of putting it. It reminds me of, I don't know, some boxer was saying, I've, I got hit with a punch in a fight and it knocked me out and five years later I got hit with the same punch by the same guy and I just shook it off like nothing. It's the mm-hmm. same punch. It's the same force behind it. But you've now trained, you've now conditioned yourself to deal with it in a better way. Was it like a fruit punch or was it like a tropical punch? Um, you know, I think it was a fruit punch. Oh, yeah. Those always <laughs> hurt really bad. <laughs> hey, don't say that. I think that was Mike Tyson. <laughs> oh, shit. You're about to get fucking yeah, no, destroyed. That, 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 one, that one fucking hurt. I think it was Mike who, Mike who said that. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, damn, Mike Tyson's been, like, kicking people's ass for, like, the longest time, you know? Like, yeah. to think that he ever, like, had a struggle or something like that is almost like you can't even bear that thought, but... Just the same that we do and he does. And, you know, we're all the same. We're all in this together. And we all start somewhere. You yeah. know, the path to greatness is not easy, but it's been proven over and over again. If one person can get there, so can we and so can you. Right. Yeah. People always try to find the, the formula. I'll give you the formula right now. It's working harder than everyone else. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. And I personally hate generalizations and simplifications, but that really isn't a simplification. It's it's actually personally, if I accomplish everything that I want to accomplish, it will be because I worked my ass off. Yeah. It won't be because of anything else. No handouts. So definitely yeah, like I said, discipline is still something that I'm working on, but it kind of makes sense. I think of all those things, you have to work on awareness and confrontation, but I think discipline of all things is the most demanding thing. Yeah. Because it takes the most work. Yeah, like I said, it's not not the sheer amount of work on any specific day. It's the fact that until you die, you have to go and give everything you've got every single day. Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's the long, longevity of it that, at least to me, is more intimidating than the work itself. I, I don't mind having an insane workout one day. The thing that I'm still working on is working out every whatever every five days, whatever my schedule is, every five days, but being consistent about it and not being like, oh, you know what? It's a little cold outside today. Let me just not let me just not work out today. Mm-hmm. Not letting outside influences interfere with your goals with your inner dreams and and aspirations yeah no that's it's important yeah that consistency getting back to it day after day not looking back yeah i mean i'm not gonna lie i mean that's that's definitely something i'm working on i mean i was telling you like earlier this week like i got burnt out i was trying to tackle too many things at once and not to say that i'm not capable of doing all those things at once but 
just because I haven't done that like that for a while now, it's like I just kind of jumped into it. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Let's do this. Okay, now let's do that. Now let's do this. Now let's do that. And it's just like, whoa. And then after the second day, I was like, yeah, I still got this. Like I did it yesterday. Yesterday was great. Then you do a thing and you're like, whoa, that shit was actually really hard on me, you know? And then the third day, it's like, okay, holy shit, what the hell's going on? It's like, I'm still doing this. And then fourth day, it's like, I wanted to tap out. I'm just like, I'm burnt out, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. But and you, and you told me that in podcast exclusive, I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Because, yeah, it's just normal. It's just what happens. You're yeah. telling me you were doing all these things, working, working on your car, do, doing all these different things. Truck. Truck. Excuse me. Come on, Working man. on your truck. Working on the podcast. Working on a lot of different things. Yeah. And I just knew, not really because of who you are, it could have been any other person, Yeah. that putting that much on your plate will cause you to burn out. And yeah. it's really, like you said, it's not an inability of you doing all those things. You're fully capable of doing them. And maybe you can even replicate that same day for a month, as long as that sounds. But the problem here is we're trying to be sustainable. We're trying to make it someplace without dying first. Yeah. You know, without really killing ourselves first. Yeah. Because the thing that matters with burnouts, I think the most, at least for me, is I have, when I, when I used to, now I manage my time a lot better, so I haven't burned out in quite a while. But when I used to burn out, mainly in college, it wasn't really my body or even my mind that took it, that had the hardest time recovering after that. Uh-huh. It was mainly my dreams. It was mainly my aspirations. Because the fact of me doing this every single day and going 3,000% every single day made my dreams and made that mountain I was trying to climb seem a lot, lot higher. Wow, oh, okay. I, I, I see what you mean. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, burning out is definitely not ideal and it's not the direction you want to be taking or experiencing. But yeah, I mean, like I said, due to the fact that I hadn't been pushing myself as hard, I wanted to really push myself and prove it to myself and, you know, live according to what I'm trying to promote within the podcast as well. Um, And then, yeah, and then I burnt myself out. Um, But it was reassuring to myself to know that Okay, yes, I am capable of doing this. Yes, I can do this. Can I do this on a consistent basis, though? And that's where I reevaluate, right? That's where I check back in with myself mentally, physically. Okay, now I know what my limit is. And not the limit that you put on yourself before you even do a task. This is a limit that you put on yourself after you follow through to your, you know, to the maximum potential. And then you look back at it and like, okay, now I know where my limit is at. Now I know we're all burnt out. I'll burn myself out. Now I know that my potential, the maximum potential that I have is slightly below that, right? And then yeah. that's where you kind of start building that that's that better schedule for yourself. That's where you start reprioritizing other things over other things, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, you know, like I said, constant battle, constant struggle. And, and I'm working on uh, on building myself to have a proper schedule built for myself that I will excel at, not that I will fail at, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean Monday, man, that that kicked my ass, but I was so happy because I had pushed myself throughout the whole day and I even added like some extra clients in too. And the fact that I had time for everything was just like 
now that's how much time I really have in a day, you know? Yeah. Wake up early, go to sleep late, like, holy shit. And uh, I felt great, but, yeah, I mean, like we said, doing it over and over again is not definitely not not ideal. ideal. The the, the problem with it is it's not, like I said, it's not the fact that you can't do it. Let's Let's say you do do it for a month. It's the problem that after that month, you're like, wow, I just did all of that. I just... I just went 3,000% for the whole month. You get this illusion in your mind mm-hmm. that now you deserve a break, that now you deserve a reward. Yeah. But you don't deserve anything. Your reward is more work. Yeah. And so working as hard as you can every day will lead you to have these thoughts of, well, I just worked super hard. Let me just reward myself with a drink. Let me just reward myself by going out with some friends. Taking some time off. Then there's nothing wrong with you know taking a little break, but after such an intense sort of almost marathon, you can call it. Mm-hmm. You tend to, when you get back into the flow of things, you tend to get back into the flow a lot slower. Okay. Because you're like, all right, well, I gotta ease myself back into it, and then all that work that you accomplished within that month starts becoming less and less and less and less because you're still recovering and then you get into procrastination. Well, I'm still recovering still, you know, I'm still recovering at this point and it's just, it it can't lead to any good. Yeah. I mean, I think ideally the quicker you can get through this process, this three-step process, the better. Although we all function, we all work at a different pace, but definitely don't overthink it. You know, it takes more willpower than anything, but don't don't overthink it. The more you overthink it, the longer you'll you'll the long the more time you'll invest into it that that really needs to be invested. It's more so of a task that is at hand that needs to be done. You get it done and you move forward onto the next task. Like you said, just because you've done a good job or just because you've done what you need to do doesn't mean now you get to sit back and take a break. Your reward is that now you can do more work. Now you've proved to yourself that you're capable of that task. Good. Now do it again and again. Oh, you can do all those, you know, for those two, three days consistently. All right, let's go for a month. All right, now let's go for a year. All right. Can you see yourself doing this for a lifetime? All right, good. Now let's come up with another challenge. Let's do something else that's a little bit more difficult. Really test yourself and push yourself to your limits. Yeah. Maybe not so much to the point where you burn out, but if you do, recognize that you've pushed yourself too far. You need to take a step back right recalibrate yourself and now you found your new limit and then you go based off of that you know as a guideline and also recognize that as you grow your limit is also growing so stuff a normal day for me now would have probably burnt me out five five years ago yeah it's just normal and something that burns you out right now maybe doesn't burn you out in a month it depends on your your level of growth your level of becoming comfortable with this new challenge and Quite simply, your willingness to work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, w- I would like to thank, you know, everybody that's helped me in my process of, you know, healing slash reflecting slash improvement. You know, you as, as well as a few other friends have really, really, really like helped kick me in the ass and, and get my shit together. Um, a special shout out to uh, Bert Nasty. That is uh, his IG name. He's a <laughs> very interesting name, but uh, he's been helping me out a lot with my uh, truck build. So. That's something that I've been working on and been wanting to work on for a long time. And 
and that'll be uh, coming together shortly, um, probably next year. Wait, how nasty is he? Disgusting. Fucking shit. Absolutely disgusting. <laughs> a disgusting individual. But no, he's he's a good friend, and uh, I mean, I, I also met him back in high school, but yeah, uh, I've been speaking more and hanging out with him more recently, and uh, I mean, he's basically allowed me to dive in the world of of, of cars, you know, not from a a viewpoint of just looking at them and appreciating how cool they look or how nice they look, but really understanding more of the functionality behind them. And, um, it's been a trip, but I've learned a lot. And as with anything else, I have a lot more to learn about it, but I definitely have more appreciation for these vehicles. Um, especially now that I'm trying to rebuild my truck, it's, it's not easy and it's not cheap, but at burnt nasty, keep them in check. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Also, Shout out uh, the homie Ja and, and Kevin for supporting uh, my endeavors, as weird and kind of out there as they may be. Oh, okay. As well as yourself, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, I don't know you shit. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's 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 all love here. And, uh, yeah, I mean, with anything that you're doing, you know, we can uh, take things very uh from a very aggressive standpoint you know because we're trying to accomplish so much especially at the points in our lives but it's also important to give your thanks give yourself some recognition give others the recognition spread the love you know and then we're all in this together as we said before and you know we're trying to promote improvement but also you know spreading the good word spreading the good vibe you know whether it's your neighbor your friend a stranger the bus driver, taxi driver, Uber driver, <laughs> yeah, DoorDash, you know. Yeah, and now I think it's time for our words of wisdom. But for that point, okay, let's just take a second to take a deep breath, everybody with us. Just breathe. And now, without further ado, words of wisdom. Yep. All right, let's get it. So here's our quote for today. It's by... Heraclitus, um, and no, he is not your next door uh, neighbor at the trail park. Um, <laughs> I believe it was a philosopher, a Greek philosopher back yeah, in the days. Very important man. I and say back in the days, like if I knew about, <laughs> about <laughs> yeah, those yeah, days. Like, like back in my day. You know. Yeah. Okay, here we go, guys. No man ever steps in the same river twice, for it's not the same river, and he's not the same man. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I really I really love that for really various various reasons. To me, the way I interpret it is the river is life itself. And obviously the the man is is you. And like the quote says, you're really never the same person. And I I often think about this because we don't notice these differences, but you are different today than you were just yesterday literally Mm -hmm. like you might not notice but you literally are because your experiences from yesterday now have an influence on how you're acting today and furthermore in terms of the river right life never waits for you life is always continuously moving so who you are right now and who you are tomorrow you're going to be dealing with different problems and so you're going to have to Really quickly adapt and start swimming. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's 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 a really good quote in my opinion, because um, it really ties in with everything we've been speaking about today. You know, 
we're worrying about our future, not so much the present, not so much the past. And as you've said, you know, the river represents life. It's not the same man that's stepping in that, or woman for that case, you know. It's not the same person that's stepping in that river because we change with every day. And you should excel and you should prosper every day of your life. And you want to change. That's, that's our mission. That's our goal. Be better than you were yesterday. Because yep. some improvement, it's better than no improvement. So that's a really beautiful way to end this podcast. Definitely. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Our friends and family and our new viewers or listeners, I suppose, as well. Yeah. We'll be uh, doing one more podcast before the end of the year to, uh, to end this year with a bang since it's been so great and wonderful already. It's almost Christmas. Yes, it's almost Christmas. Santa Claus is, is getting the gifts ready. <laughs> you think Santa Claus is coming? Nah, he ain't real. You're telling me that song lied? Yeah, Santa nah. Claus is coming. He ain't real. I believe in you, Santa Claus. <laughs> and <laughs> but, uh, if, you're, if you're real, don't give Omar any presents. Make sure to follow us at The Intrinsic Podcast on Instagram. Uh, we're on a few different platforms, and uh, we're going to continue to work to get our podcast on a lot more platforms. And thanks again, guys. Yep, definitely. And we'll see you next week for our final podcast of the year. Bam. Thank you, everybody. Bye.